Okay, people, it's a new episode of Just for Sport with Jamoke. In this episode, my guest is Frank Hammerhan. We first worked together on Washington Mystics broadcast. He was doing play-by-play with Christy Winter-Scott, and I was a sideline reporter. Now, he is a sports anchor for WTOP, and I am, well, doing a podcast. We talk about being at home 24-7 with kids, the odds for the leagues to be back up and running during this pandemic, and what game he would call if he could only do one last play-by-play. For the Props Network, this is Just for Sport with Jamoke in 3, 2, 1. What's up, everybody? Jamoke Davis here for Just for Sport with Jamoke on the Props Network. And joining me now for episode 103 is Frank Hanrahan, the sports anchor for WTOP. Thank you very much for giving me some time. Frank, how you doing? Good, man. Always a pleasure. Great to be on with you. Yeah, it, it really is. I tell you what, it's been a long time coming and glad we could connect. Yeah. You know, we talk so many times uh, shoulder to shoulder at press conferences, at work and the, the first time we worked together, I was a sideline reporter. You were doing play-by-play for the Mystics, which was a great time. Can't believe they are uh, WNBA champions, and who knows when they'll get to play again. But um, <laughs> let's first start with you. What are you doing now in D.C.? And, you know, there aren't much sports to be played, but as a sports anchor, what are you doing? Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, I'm still doing, like you mentioned, sports uh, updates at WTOP now through this first month or so there's been hey business as usual in some league yeah. which I find a little interesting like the NFL is still going on and then you got all these cancellations so right now Jamoke there's actually stuff to report on but certainly there are plans in place uh, in terms of moving forward let's say in a couple months when there's literally nothing going on mm-hmm. uh, we gotta you gotta dig deep get those elbows into the dirt and find some stories and and, and do it that way. So I think in terms of WTOP, which is an all news station uh, here in DC, we have about 90 seconds to give you the latest sports, but when there is no sports, what do you do? So I think, you know, moving forward when the NFL goes probably darker than it is right now, and we don't have anything to report on, we're going to have more sort of angles, more sort of uh, in-depth stories about uh, folks still trying to, you know, keep their active lifestyle up. I'm sort of interested in uh, doing some work with, you know, local gyms and trainers. Like, what are they doing? How are they keeping busy? So, you know, even though sports uh, technically isn't being played, there are a lot of stories I think we can find. So to answer your, your question in a, in, a, in a shorter version, that's what we're going to do, I think, moving forward. We're going to be more story-oriented than just scores, you know, on WTOP. So that's where we're at right now. But, you know, who knows? I mean, this could really mm-hmm. change things and change the way sports is, uh, is delivered in the future. Let's hope that these <laughs> leagues can get back um, sooner yeah. or later because it affects everybody and certainly our business. And I guess with social distancing, it's not like you can go to a sporting event or talk to a player or a person to get Mm -hmm. sound. So you're relying a lot more, I guess, on social media to try to pick up some sound bites from players and and maybe organizations putting out their own content, too. Yeah, that's a great point. And so, yeah, when we do that, it's going to be like we're doing this interview. Uh, mm-hmm. not face to face over the old internets. And I was thinking about how technology has been great. It can also be <laughs> certainly an addiction. But for us right now in, in the business, this is a, a fantastic way to stay communicative and be able to do things. Because imagine this is 20 years ago. You know, you couldn't go anywhere. You'd have to do it on the phone, you know, and yeah. have old things <laughs> down. 
Um, so, you know, at least this gets us a little bit um, so that you can see or hear the person better and talk to them, uh, you know, in real time. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is a fascinating uh, few weeks, and it's going to be a, a you know hopefully just a couple more two to three months of this before we can get back to normal. <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, who knows when we're going to get back to right. normal? Um, let's let's back up a little bit uh, to get to know you, Frank. Uh, what was your background growing mm-hmm. up? Uh, what sports did you like to play and how did you get into because you're not only a sports anchor, but you also do play by play as well and have been uh, on cable mm. streaming mm. broadcast television. So you've, you know, run the gamut, run the gamut. Right. Well, I mean, I was a young, young kid who thought he was good at sports and then realized he wasn't good at sports and thought, well, maybe if I can't play it, I'll just uh broadcast the uh, games i remember very young i would imitate like marv albert who <laughs> is still around <laughs> still doing it and uh you know other announcers i found that to be sort of fascinating and, and it's just a great part of the the facade of sport not only watching but just getting juiced to see the pregame shows and the announcers and brent musburger and all those kind of guys and thinking wow that would be really cool to do if i wasn't able to play sports at a high level which certainly was apparent very early on (laughs) so i figured that out and thought let's do that so i went to ithaca college uh, with a major in broadcast journalism i mean i i sort of knew from a very early age what i wanted to do now that can be great or it can also be uh, uh you know i can move on further but when things don't go as planned yeah what do you do if you're not doing what you want to do and what you love which is sort of where i'm at right now in terms of the next step in in sports broadcasting but i backtrack went to school to specifically do sports broadcasting with really an idea and a mindset that i wanted to do play-by-play at a very high level uh, being at the NBA or college or whatever. And, you know, fortunately, I had a path and I got to do it. And I was very satisfied and very happy. But I also knew that, you know, I couldn't just do a team. I'd also have to have another job in broadcasting the two kind of, uh, you know, help in terms of overall uh, monetary earnings. Because if you're just doing play-by-play for a college team or uh, the WNBA, for instance, you know, the season's not that long. You're not mm-hmm. going to be there for 12 months. You got to find some other ways to get there. So when I came back to D.C. in 1998, I fortunately was able to hook up with WTOP, actually, and, and do some part time work doing sports updates. And then that turned into a full time job. And then a few years later, I, I got um the WNBA job with the Mystics. And uh, that led to some college work with the Atlantic 10. That led to some college work with the Big Ten Network. That led mm-hmm. to Washington Wizards pre and post game stuff on Comcast Sportsnet, which was then Comcast Sportsnet. And I still do some work for them now on NBC Sports Washington. So it was just sort of like I kind of had this in my mind early. This is what I wanted to do. And I was very lucky and very fortunate to be able to do that. And then the part of the issue that I mentioned earlier was, okay, then what happens when you're no longer retained at those positions and now you're sort of at a crossroads as what to do next. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at right now in terms of my sports broadcasting career. So full circle, I'm actually back at WTOP doing some sports updates. I'm still doing some part-time work with NBC Sports Washington, 
But as I always tell young folks, doing work in this medium at a full-time level is very difficult. At a very high level, it's very difficult. So mm-hmm. my dream of doing the NBA play-by-play, it's almost like, you know, I've almost accepted that it's not going to happen, even though it's so tough, Jim Okay, <laughs> You know, you know, you have a dream, you want to get there. Sometimes yeah. all a little short. But yeah. uh, up to this point, man, it's been a great ride. Um, I may change a few things. You know, some people say, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, maybe I would. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that's my journey. We're still on it. It's still fun. I get to talk to, you know, folks like you and, and try to spit some yeah. knowledge. So everything is great. Um, I wish some things had been different, but here we are. So there's my answer. You might not trade it for the world, but you trade it for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite teams. What are your favorite teams maybe growing up that yeah. you still, mm-hmm. well, used to watch now? Everything is postponed. Right. But... Well, growing up in D.C., I mean, that's a great thing, man. Like to to work in my hometown, uh, hometown growing up. Uh, it, was, it was sort of surreal to meet some of the players and coaches that you sort of worshipped when you were younger uh, you know I, they were playing like georgetown versus north carolina the other day mm-hmm. on one of these classic networks actually not even on a classic network they're just playing all these games it's regular espn or whatever yeah i remember <laughs> that, that that loss to georgetown i mean the georgetown lost to north carolina that was like the first game i cried like do you remember wow. you were so sad you cried because your team didn't win like that was my first game with the hoyas wow. so actually when i got to work with uh john thompson later on it was sort of like a pinch me moment i was like man this is a guy that i was you know, looking up to with the towel on his shoulder barking at his players like that's who i wanted to play for so growing yeah. up in dc georgetown maryland hoops that was always uh the the go-to's on the college level i was a bullets guy Redskins guy. I mean, all the locals, man. It was that yeah. was it. it was the local teams, and so, like I said, when I got to, a chance to cover the teams and report on the teams, it was sort of like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. So, yeah, those were, yeah, those were my teams growing up. It's funny because I never want to make assumptions of who likes what. You know, mm. obviously, I, I knew you're from the area, but like for some reason, I, I'm still an Orioles fan because there were no Nationals. So my dad will always take me to Orioles games, yeah. and for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I still am a big fan of Dennis Rodman, but I would root for the Detroit Pistons along okay. with the Bullet slash Wizards. Um, you know, but yeah, I was Georgetown until I went to Pitt, and they were in the Big East. I was like, well, I'm not rooting for Georgetown anymore. But you mentioned, um, yeah, that that's a good point about the Orioles. Yes, I still root for the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, I, how can you not? Have, you have to. It's like betraying your childhood if you root. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. So when they um, Nationals came in, I, I went to games. Mm-hmm. My son can be a Nationals fan. My daughter can be a Nationals fan. My other daughter can be a Nationals fan. That's fine. Yeah. I respect the Nationals, but like I wasn't, I I wasn't that juice when they won the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. I got to report on it. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like your GM. I think he's a nice guy. Uh, but it wasn't like it wasn't a you know fantastic moment for yeah. me. Sure, yeah. for other people, but not for me. To be honest. Just- to sidetrack a little bit, I was mm-hmm. watching Game 7 with my dad, uh, and that's uh, Nats at Astros. And at, and like the fifth inning, I said, I'm going down there. And they wouldn't let anybody else in the stadium. So I went down there. It was easy to find parking. And I just went up into the parking lot because uh, it's a, f- what, five-story parking lot looking into the outfield. And that's, okay. and I pretty much felt like I was in the stadium for, for the end of the game, which is pretty cool. But, oh, no way. Okay. 
Yeah. I didn't know All right. that. So, no sports. Coronavirus yeah. has shut down sports. Uh, let's first talk about you being a father of three. How are you coping, practicing social distancing, <laughs> you know, being at home with the kids? What is that like and trying to still have a job? Well, uh, you know, this is a very interesting situation. Uh, first off, my wife um, is now working at home, so we're both home. But the first week or so, it was just daddy. Mm-hmm. And if that had continued that may have been trouble. But uh, the fact that now that she is home, there, there's certainly times when she can break off from her job working from home and, and help me out, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I've got a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an 11-year-old, which is fine. Yeah. But certainly the three-year-old still needs to be watched at all times. And that's the hard part with the seven and the 11-year-old um, who are so used to their schedule and so used to their school friends and this is a funny thing, man. Like, Jim, okay, my oldest son would always harp and moan about having to go to school. He's in fifth grade. And that's, you know, about the age when you start getting a lot of homework and you're like, yeah, I don't know if the school thing is for me. But, of course, yeah. he misses school the most now, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to go back. And and so the, the, it sort of dawned on them now because we just got word we're not going back to school until the 24th mm-hmm. of April. So it's another month at least, and it's really starting to to hit them like, oh my God, we're we're sort of stuck here, and um, and I'm sort of stuck here with my dad and my mom, and they they're so desperate to see their friends. So it's almost it's like this whole mental deal going on. So you got to be strong for yourself, you got to be strong for your kid, you got to <laughs> be strong for your wife, and then you got to balance everything so we actually have a pretty decent schedule we try to stick to it as much as we can yeah um but it's hard to do so because at some point we know and i know we're just gonna we're gonna crumble and just put on the television and say just watch three hours of tv we haven't done that yet yeah um so we've been very responsible but it's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill battle for the next month or so we hope cross our fingers because you know this is the 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 only upside about this thing is you start to really realize what's important. Um, mm-hmm. That's obvious. And mm-hmm. we're realizing how important school work is for these kids and scheduling and, and, and doing stuff outside of the home because man, it gets, it gets boring quick. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it does. We're okay. We're doing okay. Man. Were, were your kids, or well, at least the 11 and seven, were they into sports too? Do they miss it? Do they understand yeah. what that meant for you job wise as well? They do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my daughter specifically, uh, my seven-year-old is very into sports. In fact, we just got in like the indoor soccer season right before everything was shut down. Oh, so wow. good. You know, at least it wasn't cut halfway through the season. Yeah. So she was very um, uh, happy about getting that in. And the spring seasons obviously aren't going to happen. My three-year-old was asking about soccer. When is it going to start? And that's not going to happen. So uh, it just uh, it's incredible how it affects. um, Yeah, everybody. And uh, yeah, so they know, too. Yeah, it it affects my Mm -hmm. work as well. It's um, they're they're very they're very smart. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Like we can't fool them. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Uh, there's just so much uncertainty. I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen with football? Luckily, they're not really in season with the draft, Mm -hmm. but, you know, basketball postponing their season. Who knew the NCAA tournament would be ever, ever be canceled? Baseball postponing the start of their season, Uh, you know, EPL, tennis, hockey, we could go on and on. Um, 
Mm-hmm. What league do you think you are missing most? It's a great question. Um, like right now, it was um, yeah. I've always I like the NBA certainly, and I like uh, the playoffs. Um, I'm sort of getting to that age where I'm like, yeah, regular season, whatever. <laughs> watch playoffs, but you know what's going to happen because of this? If they do get the season in. Mm-hmm. In an abbreviated season, this is going to sort of like vault Silver, the commissioner, into doing what he wanted to do in the first place, which is sort mm-hmm. of short a season, get like in-season play playoffs or whatever, or tournaments. Yeah. So they're going to use this and not like they're going to use the pandemic, but it's just going to be a way of saying, hey, let's shorten the season. We can do it now. We, we saw what happened with this abbreviation. And we mm-hmm. can, uh, and we can move forward and change things. So I think the landscape for all sports actually will be a lot different. Quote, you can quote me on that. Like, yeah. Forward, right? Okay. okay. Really yeah. going to change things. Frank Hammerham making predictions. Here. <laughs> I like it. It's funny because I remember when there was a lockout in the NBA and they came back right around Thanksgiving, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there were like back to back to backs, you know, oh, whatever yeah. they could do to yeah. squeeze the season in to keep the playoff format and length the same that was surreal so i can imagine this is going to be something akin to that possibly think about this why yeah once everybody oh there's so many players and coaches being tested why would they not maybe just take every team like out to las vegas and like make a like a hanger or, or they could just go to las vegas because nobody's there yeah. For the summer league, then, <laughs> like put up them in a house in all different hotels, have like a made for TV type event where I'm sure this goes against everything in the union, but you know what I'm saying? Like they could arguably, well, I don't know, it's just too hard, but like in a month or so, so they don't put anybody at risk, they could quarantine them off to Las Vegas and have the rest of the season there. I mean, am I yeah. crazy? Could that work? I mean, the TV ratings would be through the roof. Yeah. Everybody healthy. I don't know. There's just something to think about because I don't think they can finish the season around the country. No, and, and I mean, I think you're, it's going to be something like that. You're definitely not crazy. I mean, when I thought about it, I remember watching that game uh, where the, the first night where they said they were postponing the season mm-hmm. and it was like, well, what would you do? You'd almost have to have each team be quarantined to the arena. They'd have to live and sleep there. Right. That would be the only way you could even think that they could not be infected by some, you know, outside force to still be able to play, which mm-hmm. they knew that wasn't going to happen. What about this? Do you, do you, could you see, because let's say if, you know, United States is behind, reports are that, you know, the number of casings are shooting through the roof compared to even Italy. You know, if things are stabling off in China or Japan, could you see them taking them overseas and maybe playing mm. games there? Oh, see, now now we're talking. Yeah, I could. I could. Absolutely. Yeah. Or would they take us, right? I think it would be up to that host nation. Which I think they would, but that's a good that's a good thought too, right? If it's dead or calmer or yeah, pretty much done with in China or wherever, they mm-hmm. could make a show on the road. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, why not? And especially since obviously they all want to be international, bring in some oh, you know, know global dollars. Mm-hmm. What better way to do that? Uh, let, sticking with basketball, uh, have you been watching any classic games? I know you mentioned that Georgetown, North Carolina. Any NBA games, college See, games that you've been getting into? So here's the thing. We're so old that like I've seen those classic games like 10 times. So <laughs> like, yeah, so here's when uh, Sean Woods shakes and bakes, throws up a shot and goes off the window and Duke has one more chance. Yeah, so I've seen him seen him so many times. But um, I do like I do I do uh, like watching these old games just because it brings back quick memories. In fact, the Duke Kentucky game from 92 was on. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman in college, and I still keep in touch with my roommate. And I still remember when Sean Woods hit that shot for Kentucky to go up by one with whatever, 1.7 seconds left. Wow. I went to my roommate at the time, and I said, dude, this we know this is not over. Let's not celebrate because we were all rooting for Kentucky, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would text him. I texted him uh, when it was on, and I said, that dang game is on again, and brings back memories of when I said this is not over and he's like oh my god I remember that so it just brings it brings you back to where you were yeah um so yeah both of us both of us being from DC is there a classic Wizards mm-hmm. or Redskins game Capitals game that you're like yeah I could watch that over and over again well, that's a good question um Probably, I mean, I always, I always like when they obviously won the championship. That's always cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually old enough to sort of remember that in 77. 78. Yeah. 78, 79 season. That was pretty cool. And um, let me see, what else? And then the arena shots, pretty cool, over the Bulls. That was pretty cool. Yeah. What year was that? Like That was in the playoffs? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, like I don't even remember. It was 04 or 05, I think. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and then they ran into, uh, I guess, the Miami Heat the next round. So that was that was cool. When they finally sort of turned the corner after they signed Arenas, and they brought in Jameson and uh, yeah. uh, Butler. So that was a nice renaissance. So I like that team, and I like that shot. So those are the – yeah, those moments were cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess if for Redskins, you could go back to any of the oh, yeah, Super it. Bowls, yeah. but <laughs> probably the one I'd like most was probably uh, Denver. What was that? 55 to 10. Timmy Smith was just running all over the field. Oh, yeah, right. That was, wow. Yeah, that was, uh, that was you know, yeah, yeah. And more recent, I guess you say Caps and, and the Nationals. But, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, getting off of basketball. Uh, do you expect the Olympics to be canceled? I mean, I know it's 2021. I even just bought a 2020 Olympic shirt just because I'm like, man, that's going to be retro because they oh, didn't have wow, it. In 2020. Okay. 2021, yeah. Um, yeah, I still think they figure it out. There's just too much money, right? There's yeah. just too much money. And these, I feel bad for these athletes. I mean, think about the fact that they were considering making them compete when they were certainly not going to be up to snuff. Like mm-hmm. where can they go to train? Yeah, what are you doing? so and this just this little blip, you know, has messed them up. So now they got to like get themselves ready for another nine, ten months of training. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of wild when you think about it, because it's just it's at another level. Like we can't even comprehend what they do. Yeah. So their whole regimen, 
is just screwed. And now they got to reset, refocus, and get ready for another year of training. Yeah. That's that blows me away. That blows my mind. I mean, they, obviously they want to do it. They, they're still geeked and ready to do it, but it just mm -hmm. it would throw me for a loop. So I mean, man, that's gonna be tough. But yeah, they, they've got to have them in twenty twenty one. And and it's interesting too because all of the ripple effects. Now it changes all of the leagues last year. Right. I mean, next year that were you know changing for this year's Olympics. So it's it's man, the ripple effects are just going to be going on for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of ripple effects, Tom Brady going to the Bucks. Did you ever expect it? I mean, he said in this presser he's looking forward to a new opportunity. I'm sure he's looking forward to adding fifty million to his bank account too. What shocked you the most about his signing? Well, there are a couple of things. I'm surprised the NFL continues to do business. And like if I was Tom Brady, I would look over the landscape and be like, I know free agency's here. I know I want to get signed. Obviously, people gave him the advice that it would be a distraction for him to sign with Tampa Bay during this time. Mm -hmm. I would go on the other way. I'd say, you know, let's let's take our time with this because they're bigger fish to fry. But I know you want to you want to get your deal done, yada, yada. Uh, with that said, I was surprised he went to Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, he obviously doesn't want to finish his career in New England for whatever reason. I'm sure there are many reasons. Uh, he's never going to tell us that. But obviously, he just he had worn out his own welcome there with whoever he's working with. That I think that's probably the deal, right? Like you're just you've worked with Belichick for so many years. You're probably like, let me see what it's like to work for somebody else. <laughs> they had the most money, probably, right? Yeah. And uh, their coach is decent. He's sort of hip. Um, so, um, but I, he's 40, was he 42, 43? Yeah, he's he's moving to the perfect city. Isn't that where they all seniors retire, <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> and he looks like the logo or the old creamsicle logo. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see it. It will be interesting to watch. I'll be watching every game I can, though. That's for sure. I mean, that's yeah. the crazy thing, right? It is. He's 42 and still must watch. So it would have been crazy if the Panthers had kept Cam Newton because with Brady, Cam, uh, Matty Ice in Atlanta, and Drew Brees in New Orleans, all four quarterbacks, MVPs in the same uh, oh. division would have been hmm. pretty, pretty wild to see. But Cam Newton was cut by the Panthers. Now, I know Washington just traded for Kyle Allen for that fifth round pick, but could you see Cam rejoining coach Rivera? Uh, I would love to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't yeah. know why he is like damaged goods. I know we had a very injury prone couple of seasons, but I would, I'd scoop him up in a second, dude. Yeah. You got, what's his name? Uh, 38 year old from the chargers. Why is his name escaping me? Phillip Rivers. Rivers. Philip Rivers. Philip yeah. Rivers at 38 just signed a $25 million deal for one year with the Colts. Yeah. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Philip Rivers or Cam Newton, who nobody has picked up yet? He's a free agent. Free agent. It's just sitting out there. No He's trading for or anything. Is it his bravado? Is it his press conferences and his outfits? Like, is that scaring people away? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, I would. I'd be on the phone with him right now. And I don't understand why the Redskins would not bring him in. Not for a second. Like, yeah. I would actually be like, 
That's a fantastic move. Yeah. Well, there are better moves. Why not? Take a flyer. Give them a one-year deal for $20 million. Who the hell cares? Why not? Am I, I mean, crazy? No, no, especially because I'm sure he's going to want to say, hey, I've got something to prove. I would think Coach Rivera and him had a good relationship, but I don't know. Maybe because of, you know, what happened last season, you know, maybe it's it's more tarnished and than, than like even realize. Somebody but, has an ego, right? We've yeah. all been there, dude. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there, right? Yeah. But if you know what you're getting coming in, you know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Or know how to accept it. Or know, all right, he's just being ridiculous. But that's who yeah. he is. Yeah. You just can't. We know in the NBA, NFL, you can't treat everybody the same. But I guess maybe that's why it's off-putting for Redskins fans because you got Rivera coming in saying everybody's got to earn it and all that coach speak crap. And so we know that, like, if he signs Rivera, he's probably going to have to, like, backpedal on half the things he says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably it. Yeah. But, uh, I, hey, if I want to win and I want to take the, the, the team back to some sort of relevancy, I would sign him in a second. Hmm. Well, I guess I guess we'll see. He's still I'll, I'll be running there. There. I mean, Where's he going to end up? Probably. I mean, the Chargers. Chargers. Who's, who's the Chargers starting quarterback? New England Patriots. They need New, New England Patriots starting quarterback. Yeah. How crazy would that be if he goes there? Oh my God. They win, right? Oh, Bill Belichick. Um, you. Uh, what was your first introduction? This is. Uh, the props network what was your first introduction to betting on sports and would you put money on major league baseball actually starting in in you know the next month as they say so it's a great question college i'm sure for most of us is when we were introduced to the fine art of sports betting uh, <laughs> i still remember funny story was I don't know why I always remember this, but every time around the All-Star game, when they play the All-Star game, and they'll always show the Magic Johnson 1992, when he came back, he was he, he was tested positive for HIV, you remember, and he came back just for the All-Star game, so mm-hmm. he was tired at the time, comes back and plays in the All-Star game, and hits a shot with like a minute and a half left, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so sweet that the refs just called the game. <laughs> and I still remember this dude down the hall in my dorm who was ranting and raving, screaming to the high heavens that they had called the game early because he had the over. Yeah. And the game was called. And he wanted to argue with the bookie that his bet should be taken off because what? they called the game early. Yeah, they did. Oh, no, he did. So I just remember him screaming at the top of his lungs, you know, are you kidding me? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the dorm life, that was funny, man, to have that bookie guy, you know, roaming around. So I've known uh, and been a fan of the, of the game for many years. And I've always said, Jim, okay, I remember five, six years ago, I said, why don't teams hire uh, bookmakers on their team? Mm-hmm. forget about analytics that's the true analytics is these guys who are so good at setting the over under setting the spreads why don't teams hire these people and actually 
Mark Cuban, to his credit, a couple of years ago actually did that. Mm-hmm. But now on his staff who does the the books and, and makes spreads and say and, and probably wants to have Cuban ask him, you know, why are we ten point underdogs tonight? Why is he over under two thirty two and a half? I mean, how many times are they so close? Pretty much every time. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I, I learned my lesson. I had my 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 bouts as well as we've all have. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a really interesting um, business, one that is getting obviously, obviously crushed right now. It's crazy. So we're going to have yeah. to talk about future prop bets. Yeah. So to answer your question, I'm going to say baseball does get it in. And this, again, will change the landscape of baseball. They'll play like 81 games. Wow. And they'll figure a way like next year in the next CBA, they'll probably cut the games down to like, They'll bring it back down to 154 or something. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like this will have an impact on the future and the schedules and how many games. Because we see load management all the time now with teams, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So I'll say they get the season in and they'll play half of it. Okay. What do you think? Uh, uh, I think that they will play two-thirds of it. I think they get to about 100 and – boy, oh, I could do better. my math right, 120. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think they'll play, about 120. And um, why well, I, I don't know because now I feel like I'm saying that and then I'm backtracking because <laughs> right. Well, that, that's that's the true sense of gambling. How many times you're like, "Ooh, I like this." No way. Yeah. Oh my Hold gosh. <laughs> because every every week it's like like you talk about with the school system. Oh wait, now we're gonna postpone. You know, we're not gonna maybe open schools till April twenty fourth. I mean, heck, New York already canceled it for the oh, whole year. Virginia did too. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, at some point this is gonna be a thing where baseball is gonna say, Well, we can't have fans. You know, how can yeah. we quarantine the players? You know what? Your idea for a summer league in the NBA is gonna have to be with baseball. Every major league player right. sport, they're all gonna be in Vegas. Quarantined, mm-hmm. and they're just going to all play in Vegas or that's Arizona or something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe that's what it's going to be. Uh, what was the best bet, long shot bet that you ever won? Ooh, that's a good one. You know what? There, actually, I didn't. I never won money on it, but I remember it was like a gentleman's bet or something. But years ago, when I was a young pup, maybe ten years old, mm-hmm. I was sick during the ACC tournament and I saw NC state make a run. So I bet my dad, I said, you know what? I think NC state can win the national championship. He's like, ah, get out of here. They were like, what a 11 seed or something or <laughs> six seed. And lo and behold, they went all the way. And I think I still have a picture somewhere of them on sports illustrated me holding it up. Like, yeah, see, I told you so. So that yeah. was one that I didn't make money on, but I'm, I'm trying to think of like a long shot bet. Um, any money lines out there? I remember, like in college, I hit an actual like three-team parlay, which was like a stunner and a shocker because it never happened again. Yeah. Um. So that's always my tip: don't do those. Those are those. Are, those are <laughs> always, or do do a long shot money line. Oh, you know what? Maybe. Oh man, there was a big time money line. I did. I don't. Of course, I can't remember it off the top of my mm-hmm. head. It was so big. That's how big yeah. it was. I can't remember. But I used to like. Um, money lines and taking underdogs that was always yeah. fun a plus i love plus. i love underdogs i mm-hmm. picked dominique team to win the australian open and he made it to the final but... oh yeah exactly yeah yeah okay. right mm-hmm. yeah man that would have been good uh, okay uh i asked you if baseball is coming back 
basketball is that coming back this season or if it looks like it's not going to be until you know september why mm-hmm. not just say you know what we're going to start a new season even though realistically it's really sad because you missed out on what was a really really i mean a drama filled season this year yeah this is a tough one because they were sort of like the instigators of all the uh other League sort of closing down with Rudy Gobert testing positive and Donovan Mitchell. So this is going to be a tough one. I will say, even though we have great theories and great ideas about how they should finish the season, there yeah. will not be an NBA season. It'll be done. Over. So we'll not we, – yeah, we won't finish this nineteen twenty campaign. We'll be off the books, and we'll start a new one next year. Okay. That'll be it. Um, I know. I'm sorry. Is tennis – coming back i mean we know there's no wimbledon there's mm-hmm. not gonna be a french open um although i'm just saying that i don't know if i've necessarily heard that there won't be either mm-hmm. one of those but i imagine there won't in in u.s open because if we're saying there's no nba season they're probably mm-hmm. in you know august we're not going to be having any sporting event with people around and players potentially getting infected yeah i'll say no we'll say it'll no tennis either Gosh, this is depressing. I know this is Frank. We're actually saying we're not going to have sports. Oh, man. I know. Okay. okay. Um, let's go. I, I want to finish up talking about you again. Uh, you did play-by-play. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the best game you ever did play-by-play on? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, there was a couple. That, that's the thing about play-by-play because you can have, like, a really – dull game and then you can have a great ending or you can have a really great game a dull ending and or interesting games there were a couple um things i thought i'd never see uh do you remember the these now these were not the greatest games we ever did but i was just proud of the way that we were able to maintain a broadcast there was like an hour delay maybe with the rain and like a leak in the in cap one arena do you remember this oh yeah and uh Natasha Cloud was dancing. Like, like a dance contest. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. One of those times you're you're the most proud of what you do because you're presented with some obstacles and little left turns that you're not uh, necessarily uh, ready for, and you just go on the fly and you keep uh, calm and you keep doing your thing. So I was proud of that. But um, and that was against the Connecticut. Yeah, she had like a game-winning shot against. Oh gosh, maybe the Sparks, which really um, got a lot of. Uh, what's the word viral mm-hmm. hits and was on sports center. Got a lot of uh, love for that. Got a lot of notes, a lot of texts, a lot of emails, a lot of comments. And that was a game winner. She got it. Um, she, she was like, Oh, for 10 from the field <laughs> gets, the, gets the ball turns and hits a jumper at the horn. And I did like this long winded, like uh, almost like a, a ukulele uh, type uh, uh, delivery. Yeah. And so that got like a lot of burns. That was fun. Um, but yeah, so it's hard to be, uh, I don't know what's the word, but it's, yeah, it's hard to answer that question. But in terms mm-hmm. of like calling a big shot is always fun. So that was fun to do. And there yeah. was like a game a week before where Elena Deladon hit a shot to win at the horn. Yeah. It was also fun. And this came after a very controversial <clears throat> replay decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
that was good to see that the Mystics got what they should have had, which was a victory, and they got it done. So those two games, like in the same end of a week, come to mind. Yeah. Like a lot of fun to call. If you could call only one more game in your life, what sure. game or event would you want to do play-by-play for? Oh, that's a good one. Dang. Uh, <laughs> uh, hmm. Probably either like an NBA game seven finals or college basketball national championship game. Wow, game so, seven finals. Yeah. So I'm big big in hoops. I think I think that's my like that's what I really know best. Yeah. Like Super Bowl I'd be, you know, I wouldn't do great. So mm-hmm. I'm basketball. So I can What is what is the best part about play by play for you? How do you prepare for a game? Yeah, I mean, I like the. Uh, I've always admired making it just more entertaining and more enjoyable. What I do not like, Jamoke, is mm-hmm. I do not like when announcers put the videos of themselves calling the game. Like, I don't think that's part of it. What's part of it is the players. You're there to enhance the entertainment value and the informational value to your listeners and audience and your viewers. You are not the show, right? Mm -hmm. You are part of it and you want to make it fun, informative, and you also want to make it um, energizing. And what I mean by that is like, I always tell people like if I'm doing a game or somebody's doing a game, I can tell if they get me, if I'm doing the dishes and I got the TV around the corner, but I can tell by that play-by-play person's inflection, their energy, their description, that I don't really have to watch it as much as I do. But when I hear something in that voice, hey, there's a big play, I got to come around the corner and watch. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, it does. So, um, that to me is important. Like um, when you have a big play, a big moment, make it big. Yeah. Sell it too. Yeah. And uh, I think that's sort of a bit undervalued these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot, in fact. Um, and I don't like it, but I'd like to, to see a return to that. So you see the, the really good ones can do it. Yeah. The old ones aren't, aren't that good, but they know somebody or they they went to some school or something, so they're they're okay. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a craft, and, like, that's what I take pride in, like, getting better. It's like anything else. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand that about broadcasting, and it frustrates me. I'm sure you, you see it the same in some ways. Yeah. You know, folks just think you get in front of a microphone, and you talk, and you do your thing. No, it's, there's much more to it. Yeah. There's more to it when you're doing play-by-play. Um, and, you, like, you're part of it, man. Like, that's, that's so lost on a lot of people, and it drives me sort of crazy when I'm watching games, and it's just like, whew, mm-hmm. I feel separated from that that broadcaster to that game. Like, yeah. I want to sort of me- melt into it. But I remember I, calling mm-hmm. a high school game. Mm-hmm. Probably there were maybe 20 people in the gym. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. headset on. I'm just doing play-by-play. And the best compliment, because I probably will never, ever forget it, is this guy who just happened to be sitting in front of me after the game. He turned around. I was like, man, it was like listening to a Wizards game. Like, you were so into it. You got me, Chaz. I was like, wow. You know, I was just calling the game as I see it and just got into it. You know, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been there before, too, my friend. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's really cool. Yeah. What are the pros and cons and differences for you in radio versus mm-hmm. being on television? And what, you know, just what do you like most about the two different mediums? TV, I like um, that at least, you know, you can, you can really show your personality. You can show your um, passion. You can show, um, you know, what, what you're made of. I, I think you can do that in radio a little bit too, but, you know, TV really, you know, obviously gets the, the face of the voice, yada, yada, and you can connect with people that way and, um, you know, show, show, your, uh, show who you are. Mm-hmm. side of, of 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 what you're made of and then radio it's uh certainly it's like i talk about getting better i i can remember being very stern and very just delivering the scores and now it's just more conversational like you want to have a conversation with people yeah so um and then you want to do that on tv too um but uh you know the difference nowadays there's not much in terms of like you know the, the good thing about radio for me was, you know, you did everything. Like when you got in there, you did everything, right? You cut, mm-hmm. you edited, and then you performed mm-hmm. or you did your update. When you first started in TV, it was just you just anchored, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now that's not the case. You got to do everything too. You know, you got to edit, you got to produce. Nowadays, you got to shoot. Yeah. Uh, so you got to be a man or woman of all trades. Um, yeah. So they're sort of melting together into one. I mean, that's the thing about broadcasts and, and the mediums and, and everything, it's almost like becoming so content integrated where it's mm-hmm. all one thing. You got your web, you got your you got your uh, social media too. So it's just it's an yeah. interesting time. So that's that's one of the good things about radio is it sort of prepared me for being ready to do everything, which you have yeah. to do. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Frank, thank you so much. I had a oh, no great problem, conversation man. with you. This was awesome to learn about you and your perspective in sports and uh, I wish you all the best with your career and getting in and out of being at home, social distancing. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be able to get closer to sports. Um, and if I can get you to watch one thing, mm. uh, you know, I don't know what it would be outside of basketball, whether it's the pickleball, like we discussed before, or some other oh. sport, marble racing that they're putting on television, whatever they can. Hey, try to keep listen, people into sports. Thank you for that because I had no idea about the pickleball, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try to watch it. I am. Yeah. 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 I mean, fantastic. Uh, I just put out the podcast with uh, Yeah. Chickma today, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. thank you again, Frank. I really appreciate it. Oh no problem, man. Anytime. Well, I guess all things must come to an end. I had a great time talking with Frank, and I want to thank him for being on the show, and thank you for listening. This is Just for Sport with Jamoke for the Props Network. Ciao for now.